What's going on, everybody? Before we get started, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things like streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports affiliate link, which you can find in our YouTube bio description and on our website, gtdsports.com, you can save 70% on a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So sign up for NordVPN with the GTD Sports affiliate link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome into the Going the Distance podcast. Today is episode 40. I see Elijah's already laughing at me because of my intro, but it is what it is, okay? I don't know what to say with these things, but regardless, we're back for another episode. Uh, episode 40, yeah, this is, it's crazy we're already here. Today's September 23rd, live on a Thursday, Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you guys check out our website, gtdsports.com, where you can find all of our podcasts and blogs. And speaking of podcasts, brand new, finally is officially launched. The Hockey Down Here podcast on the GTD Sports Network is up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and will be implemented into our website within the next 24 hours. So stay on the lookout. Go give Alex and Taylor a listen over at Hockey Down Here. But for now, this is our show here to talk about football, here to talk about the Ryder Cup. We're going to be talking about UFC 266. We got a crazy card this weekend. It's going to be some mm-hmm. good stuff. But first, we're going to hit him with some would you rather questions like we always start our Thursday episodes. Elijah, I'll let you go ahead and go first. All right. So in the spirit of the Ryder Cup this weekend and NFL, um, would you rather be Bryson DeChambeau's caddy or be best friends with Jackson Mahomes? Oh, that's a good one, bro. That's a really good – was that off the dome? Mm-hmm. It's off the, off dome? the dome? Oh, that's tough, yeah. dude. I don't know what to do. Okay, so on one end, you're dealing with the biggest bitch on, in arguably all of sports right now. Jackson um, Mahomes, yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what I meant. But even with Jackson Mahomes – then you're gonna have like the public backlash. I mean, that guy get that kid gets roasted more than anybody I've ever seen on TikTok. Rightfully, it's rightfully insane. So, oh, I mean, he he waltzes into it though. He like lures people in to roast him. It's like he loves this villain role that he's taken on. I don't I don't understand it. It's kind of weird how Jackson Mahomes became Jackson Mahomes, but I think I would rather probably go with uh, just Caddy for DeChambeau. because mm, that yeah. you know. Is that a long-term thing? Um, no, nah, that's like that's like for life. But like in, the, in this hypothetical, yeah, for the rest of his career, and then your best BFFs for as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing is your BFFs with Jackson. And this this includes making all the TikToks, going to sit in all the press boxes with him. You get to watch the game with right here, right next to him, cheering on his brother, saying "Let's go, Patrick!" and <laughs> yeah. him. You know, all of that. Patrick, yeah. Yeah, so you get all of that. And um, most important things is the TikToks. You're going to be right there. You're going to be filming all of his TikToks. You're going to be in them with a couple of them. Um, you're going to be throwing water on him, with onto Ravens fans with him. 
So you're going to do all sorts of things. All of the Jackson Mahomes activities, you're going to be right there. Um, I guess holding his hand probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm – see, I don't know though. You mentioned the sweets and like all, everything with the Chiefs. You know, you get to firsthand look at, at football, get some behind-the-scenes looks. I'm probably going to – yeah, I'm probably going to get to meet Patrick Mahomes. Um, with all that being said, I would still rather be DeChambeau's caddy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and too, it's like you got to go all the tech games as well because he goes to quite a bit of tech games. All the ones. Oh, true. And like the funniest part, I browsed his TikTok today just to see if Pat was in any of them, and he's not. Um, he's not in any think, of them. Yeah. No, no. So I'm pretty sure that he like when people ask him like, "Bro, what the fuck is your brother on?" He just goes, "I don't know, man." <laughs> yeah, he's probably just like, ah, just let him do his like, thing. Like, I, mean, I don't know. Complete polar opposites, dude. Very it's kind of so. wild. I don't know how to follow up that question. Mine uh, isn't ex- as exciting as that one, but mine's more about putting your body on the line per se. So would you rather – I've been watching F1, so this is – I'm still on an F1 mood. Uh, would you rather try and jump over a Formula One car going full speed, which is like over 200 miles an hour, or would you rather try and time it and juke out prime Ray Lewis coming at you full speed? Okay. Um, I actually started watching F1 Drive to Survive on, on t- after Tuesday's episode. It's gas. yes, dude. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Uh, how long do I have to prepare? Can I See? get like, can I get like a month of training in? Okay, yeah. I mean, you'll get training either way. But I mean, either way, you still okay. Have, my, like, See, my philosophy is with the F1. It's small. I feel like you could easily just time it right. You know what I mean? Dude, they're probably only like three feet. Yeah, because they're pretty, they're really low to the ground. Did I say tall? I meant short. Yeah, they're really short. Yeah, um, really low to the ground. Mm. I don't think they're even three feet high. I think they're two feet high. That's a good Google question. But no, like if you just give me some time to track practice box jumps, like I'll go with the F one. Fuck it. Yeah, I feel like that'd be more fun too. Yeah, do it for it'd be like that old vine, and I could say do it for the vine, and if I complete it, then I did it for the vine. If I didn't do it. I can tell them don't do it for the vine. Or you can just go viral for a catastrophic fucking yeah, for breaking my, well, every bone in your I, body. I'm pretty sure I would get dismembered. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, think, think... yeah, it would probably not even send you into the air. It would probably just like straight up cut off the bottom half of your body. That's what I'm thinking. Dude, that shit, that'd be gruesome. Because, you know, with like a normal car, I've seen videos of people trying to jump over normal cars and they'll just do like a bunch of flips and shit. But... Yeah, with F1, I don't even think you, you'd get airborne. Nah, you're fucking done. <laughs> I'd rather have that one too. 95 centimeters tall. Goddamn Europeans. Fucking, I don't know the centimeters to inches. It's like 2.3 centimeters. centimeters for one inch. So that's probably like what? Like 60 three, inches? Three, three feet, one inch. So, I was way off. You're way off. Three feet? That makes sense for the... Yeah, they're pretty short, low to the ground. Well, I guess, too, they do have that one part, like, behind the razor's head that kind of comes up a little bit. That's what I'd be worried about. Yeah. Maybe just jump and spread your legs, bro. Oh, then <laughs> then you got a crotch shot, bro. Shit. I don't know. Maybe I'll just take the Ray Lewis. Maybe I'll just get skull fucked. I'll, <laughs> I'll just take the, the easy concussion over, like, dying. Yeah, like, treatable hospital, you know, stuff. Mm, just a couple cracked ribs be good to go. That might be the way to go, honestly. I think it would just be more fun to try the F1. That's true. 
makes me want to try it right now. But anyway, um, what do we got? What else do we got? Oh, our fantasy football matchup is this weekend. So who are we taking on, actually? Uh, Warzone Sports. I forgot to invite him on. Uh, Warzone. Tony. Where is it? Let me pull it up real quick. What's up, TH? I see commented who are backing for the Ryder Cup. Obviously, it's USA, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we're about to we're about to hit the Ryder Cup in just a second. Probably like twenty minutes from now, thirty minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up here our fantasy football. We'll just go through the fantasy football matchup real quick. Uh, Warzone Sports. This, this should be a good matchup, Tony. Uh, we talked to Tony from Warzone before the draft hey took place. Yeah, really cool guy. Um, love what they're doing at Warzone Sports as well. So we got Lamar and Kyler. Oh shit, that's a premier rushing quarterback matchup. Yeah. All right. His team's pretty pretty good. It is pretty good. Allen Robinson. See, DK, though, DK's been kind of struggling. Tyler Lockett seems to emerge as the number one receiver right now. So far in the in the first couple games, which I'm happy with because I have Lockett in my other league. Oh, he has Debo Samuel, too. Shit. He has Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup as his flexes. That's what I was saying. That's why I said Bro. pretty good. What? Yeah. All right, well... I would have said that we're poised to go uh, two and one, but it looks like fucking sleepers giving us a 35% chance right now. Yeah, it's tough. Not what you like to see, but That's regardless, fine. check out those, uh, Tony and Warzone Sports. But what are you about to say? Those percentages are kind of fucked. Like last week, we were up at like 85 at some points, and I did not feel like we were 85% guaranteed to get a win. So. That's true, yeah, and then it dropped like very, yeah. very fast. It's it's just projections. You can never trust projections. We'll we'll outshine the projections. I'm not too worried. The only thing I am worried about is Jamal Williams is our RB two right now. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Uh, anyway, though, while we're on the topic of football, before we get into the Riders Cup uh, or the Ryder Cup, there is a bit of football we got to cover. It is Thursday. Thursday night football is tonight. Texans and Panthers. What an absolute juggernaut of a matchup. Uh, probably going to be the best Thursday night football game of the year. Uh, I'm completely being sarcastic. <laughs> this is going to be dog shit. Um, but I'm still excited to watch it nonetheless. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm ready to see like a, a Sam Darnold primetime game like anyone else in America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So it, I think it'll be like a good matchup. I'm kind of anxious to see just how good the Panthers can look. Like if they blow out the Texans, like how for real are they? Because like Matt rule is a really good head coach. Like he's done really successful everywhere he went and the Panthers kind of outperformed a little bit last year. And then they just kind of slowed down, down the stretch. But they, I remember they came out hot again last year, but like, let's see, let's see how good they are. And hopefully they can be, because I actually do like Matt rule. Like he did really well at Temple. He did really well at Baylor. And thank God yeah. he, the Panthers hired him because Baylor was really good when they had him. Yeah, actually, looking back, thank fucking God. Yeah. A lot of their success can be attributed to Matt Rule. Yeah. No, I, I agree, though. It is exciting to see how the Panthers are going to pan out because before the season started, if you were to tell me the Carolina Panthers are going to start the season 3-0, and I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. Like, no shot. But here we are, and they probably will. Yeah. Just it was surprising that they beat New Orleans. I pegged them to beat the Jets because it's, they're the Jets. Sam Darnold revenge game. Yeah, like, fair enough. Had to happen. Uh, so 
but and then they should win tonight against the Texans because this is a Texans team without starting a second round rookie quarterback that's deemed as a project and not a you know viable option really at this point. Yeah, I don't even know if like he he's deemed a, a project. I don't even know what they're considering him right now because from everything I've I've seen all the reports I've heard, it, it seems like experts, coaches, players, even Davis Mills himself, everybody kind of knows that he's not really ready for this role as of yet. Yeah, and I I figured that's kind of that's kind of how it was going to be with him. But he has a lot of really good physical tools. He's just not really ready. I'm pretty sure he only started like one year too at Stanford. Mm-hmm. I think it may have, yeah one or two because I didn't even he wasn't really necessarily that big in college football even he before he got drafted time. he split some time with kj costello the year before and then the covid year he just had a good year i guess but nothing crazy so i i i think this is probably gonna look like a blowout one of those just gross thursday night game yo yeah probably it'll probably i mean the panthers are favored by what like minus eight and a half the only thing though i mean i, I know the whole storyline all the narratives are focused on uh on Davis Mills and everything, but the Texans, bro, like they've overachieved massively so far this season. I know they haven't won a game, but just they've competed, which is a huge step. Well, they won week <laughs> one. Um, they kicked the shit out of Jacksonville. Oh, then, I forgot they beat Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville's the one who looks god awful. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that was just Tyrod Taylor. They just have a lot of older veterans, and that's why they're able to compete. Um, like, they're professional football players, too. Like, they'll go out and do their job. So that's kind of – I feel like that's kind of, like, why they got to win over, like, less experienced teams because they got a lot of experience. It's just guys that are just either outside of their prime or just aren't, like, super good. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's true. And I don't know, though, I just I wouldn't say the Texans have any sort of good coaching staff right now. It's just overall, it's messy. But with Tyra oh. Taylor, it was like a controlled mess. Yeah, well, with David Coley, he's a lame duck head coach. He's just there for this year next to just accrue the best draft capital possible and then to get him the fuck out. Like, he, yeah, they, he is in no way, shape or form a head coach that's supposed to win. So. I think another interesting aspect to look at, though, with the Texans, and I know this is kind of conspiracy, but is the Tyrod Taylor effect. Every single place that Tyrod Taylor has gone, that team has found their franchise quarterback as soon as he leaves. You know, it was with the Bills, they got Josh Allen. With the Chargers, after the fucking lung puncture, they got Justin Herbert. Uh, Browns got Baker. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe Davis Mills is the next Texans franchise quarterback. Yeah, that just goes to show you, too, about how unfortunate this guy's career has been because, like, he's been, like, a pretty good guy. He just has never been the guy. Mm-hmm. And so back-to-back-to-back to back to back franchise QBs replace him. That's just kind of unfortunate. It's got to be a blow to his, to his ego, his confidence it's, a bit. It's, gotta, it's, like, kind of one of those things where it's like, dude, I'm doing everything I can right, but I just can't catch a fucking break. It's like, Oh, I, I felt so bad for him whenever that whole lung puncture thing happened oh, yeah. in Los Angeles. Like, there's really no excuse for that, bro. Like, if you're a team doctor for the Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> that shit shouldn't be happening. I don't – I have always kind of felt like – sympathetic for Tyra Taylor because yeah. I, I like him as a player he's entertaining to watch he's just never yeah. been like you said that guy 
Well, Andy had that great week one, and he was performing really good until he got hurt week two. And so, but I don't think Davis Mills is going to be that guy. Those were also top all top ten picks. That's um, true too. Yeah. So there was a sixth, seventh, in the first overall pick with all those guys. So, um. It's he might he'll he'll probably get his job once he comes back. I would say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Have you seen uh the pictures of Davis Mills' neck? Mm-mm. Dude, his oh, I should I should have had it ready to pull up, but it's like, bro, he literally has a giraffe neck. It's one of the strongest fucking things I've ever seen. It's so thick and just you see if you see a picture of him like in full pads, first thing you notice is neck. Just goddamn, a boy's got a neck on him. <laughs> Are you looking it up right now? I'm about to. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Dude, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm the bad guy for making fun of this dude's neck. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) It's pretty pretty out there. Holy shit. That's atrocious. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, his neck is so long. Okay. What that neck do? No, but I mean, other than that, uh, there really isn't any big storylines uh surrounding this game i mean sam darnold how are the panthers going to pan out we have that we covered that a little bit davis mills of course uh this really isn't a crazy must watch primetime game but i don't know i gotta watch it thursday night football i'm gonna be watching absolutely me too i wouldn't miss it for for anything i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at work so i'm gonna be watching it you know incognito tab mode while Uh another game is going (laughs) Gotcha. <laughs> Got to get right. it in nonetheless. Um, let's see what else has been going on. So Tom Brady and – well, not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's trainer has made some comments about Bill Belichick and why Tom Brady left. So apparently Billy Billy Belichick was not treating Tom like the guy that he was and still treating him like um, any other player or like that kid that he was when he first got drafted instead of the legendary Tom Brady. Yeah. His, uh, his trainer, Alex Guerrero came out with uh, a public statement and said, as Tom got into his late thirties or early forties, I think Bill was still trying to treat him like that 20 year old kid that he drafted. So be basically exactly what you just summarized. Um, and to some extent, I agree. I, I really do, and I don't think I would have agreed if it wasn't for how well Brady's performing at Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because I, like, believe it because I wouldn't put it past Bill Belichick to, like, because he tries to keep everything in order. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. very much, like, law and order. We do it this way, like the Patriot way and all that. He didn't want to give preferential treatment to somebody because it's all about the team effort. And that's how they won the Super Bowl was like through team efforts. But like, come on, like that's Brady. Like you, you craft was the guy, the owner was, was really the one to uh, treat him like the golden boy. You know, my Tommy is what I'm pretty sure he called him or Tommy boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. Um, but he would, he would always do that. So it kind of makes sense that that's why Bill did it, and that's why Brady ultimately wanted to leave. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of interesting, too, looking at it from this perspective. After years and years of everybody chirping, system quarterback, Brady's a system quarterback, Brady would never be good without Bill Belichick. But it's like, maybe Bill Belichick was holding him back a little bit, which is so weird to think. 
I don't. I wouldn't think so. But I don't know. I mean, just look at like is this year is arguably the greatest start he's had in over a decade, probably. Like first three games of the season, or first two, I guess. He's yeah, going off right now. This is also the most talent that Brady's ever had on surrounding a, on him. Offense, surrounding you, him. You're right about that. Yeah, he definitely has never had as I mean, deep of a receiver core as the Bucks have. I mean, he had Randy Moss for a short time, but and then Gronk has really anchored down some defensive. But like other than that, bro, like his best offensive weapons were seventh round pick Julian Edelman. Like he's never had that is true. Hard, yeah, he's never had a stud running back to hand the ball off to. You know, Bill Belichick has gave him like he's won Super Bowls with the trash bin. Yeah, and like, that's he, true. Like even whenever he never has had like a running back, but even whenever he has had like a good running back, for example, Legarrette Blunt, whenever he was there for that one year, he was one of the best backs in the league. But it was one year. That was it. And so Brady's never had any consistency at, at Tampa Bay or not at Tampa Bay. I mean, at New England. Yeah. Well, just because and it mean and like you can criticize it all you want, but they also won championship after championship. So it's like whatever. But like that's why he's doing so well is because all the guys he has the ball to throw to are extremely talented. I mean, Gronk is still really good. He's back. He's fully back now. I think the I think the lull that he had at the first half of last year was just that he took a year off. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was he truly thought that he was retired and he acted like it. Like he probably didn't really work out as much. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, Gronk, bro. Yeah, he, the man he who doesn't watch film partying his ass off, you know, <clears throat> and he got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. Like those are all. And OJ Howard and Cameron Bray is still a veteran that can make some plays. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they have crazy deep. Like they're crazy deep at the receiver. Ronald and- Jones, Leonard Fournette, Giov- Giovanni Bernard is a pass catching back. He's like their new James White. Um, yeah. So like. Yeah, like this is just this is not necessarily Tom Brady showing out. This is just Tom Brady being like, "Hey, I finally have you know real guys I can throw the ball to and spread the ball around and conduct my offense the way I wanted to." Yeah, I haven't fell off at all. I'm not, you know, nothing really happened. It's just I'm exploding now because this is what, like, look at it. You know? This is what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think also it's interesting with uh, or like what Brady responded to his trainer's comments about everything. Because obviously, you know, we're talking about it. It's going to start some sort of media uproar. Everybody's going to be looking to to pick out exactly what this statement means per se. But Brady came out and responded by basically saying that everyone has protected feelings and emotions. And that's just a part of being in sports. And he also reiterated his great respect for his time in New England and says he's happy to be in Tampa now. So basically, he gave the most beauty pageant response ever. Like, oh, I want everybody to be happy. Yay, sports. Uh, I love being in Tampa. Yay. So he just avoided all conflict with that, which is smart. I mean, that is the smart move in this situation. But I just found that kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't think he wants to talk too much (laughs) shit publicly about new england or his time there because he still wants to be loved by pats fans like he I, he's gonna retire as a pat yeah because i think he still loves like new england and all that shit he just wanted to get away from because it was like time for a change i don't think there's like any i don't think there's a whole lot of malice 
Yeah, there the really end, wasn't. It was just kind of like, you know, I think it's just time for me to move on and do something else with my career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and I think I could totally see him retiring with the Buccaneers, like signing a 10-day contract or something and just retiring with the team. Because, oh, I mean, he – yeah, with the Pats. Sorry, yeah. Because, I mean, he is a Patriot. Like, when it's all said and done, he is going to be remembered as a Patriot, mm-hmm. no matter what he does with the Bucks, He could win the next two Super Bowls with the Buccaneers. He will still be remembered as a Patriot. Yeah. Which sure. is kind of crazy to think about. <coughs> He's probably going for 10 Super Bowls. <sighs> yeah. Well, while we're on topic of Patriots and owner Robert Kraft, there's some news about <laughs> him as well. Um, recently Robert Kraft and ESPN reporter Adam Schefter, of all people, um, they got caught up in a gambling deal. So basically, uh, they are co-investors, Schefter and Kraft, in this gambling company called Boom. And Boom is really yet to kind of hit the market. It's brand new. Uh, and from what I gathered on uh, reading about it, it is it takes lines and promotions from all sorts of sports books like BetMGM, PointsBet, uh, DraftKings, all that, and combines it into this one platform for unique betting experiences and opportunities. Like, I don't really know exactly what it is, but that's the gist of it. Um, but ESPN's kind of getting some heat right now because a lot of people are concerned that there's a conflict of interest, that, you know, Schefter shouldn't be involved in anything regarding sports gambling. And same thing with Robert Kraft as a team owner. Should the NFL do anything to disallow this you know yeah i see what you're saying with the shefty thing but people really should be smarter than that because there's so many other nfl insiders too like ian rapaport that will still report on things that need to be reported so if shefty falls off his game somebody's going to take his place because it's a cutthroat market Mm -hmm. Uh, but the robert Kraft thing really is something to look out for i mean nfl already seems rigged as is sometimes so I don't. We don't need to add more fuel to the fire. Like I have to talk myself out of thinking that it's rigged. So like pretty much every time I watch Sunday. Yeah, that that's an interesting way to look at it too, is because you know it sounds so far fetched that oh, an owner's gonna rig his team to lose by this much or like to win by a certain amount. Like, but I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the conspiracy side of me, but Robert Kraft is a sketchy dude. Wouldn't put it past him. That's true. I still, I still kind of buy into the whole refs are um, the conspiracy that refs are rigged, but the teams are for real. Okay, I see. Like the refs try and influence the game as much as possible. The refs try to try to are working for Vegas for the most part and blowing games through calls, but all the teams are for real. Like they're actually trying to win. And what if? What if that was a thing, too, where it's, like, completely separate from the NFL? You know, like, the NFL isn't rigging anything, but it's all, like, Vegas and secret contact with the refs and everything. That would be some crazy shit. That would be – I don't know. Because so many – I've been seeing it pop up because the more and more gambling has gotten popular, the more and more I see people talking about how the NFL is rigged, especially on Reddit. Everyone's like, dude, this sport is fucking rigged because, like, so much shit just works out to where – the public always loses the bets. Like, gotta fade the public, bro. Yeah, that's why you gotta fade the public. So, like, but the public loses like a large majority of their bets. Yeah, it is crazy how, uh, what's it called? Oh, we just got an update that there's issues streaming on Twitch. Um, well, hopefully, we're still going live. But anyway, 
there's been um shoot that got me off topic now what were we just talking about with Schefter and Kraft um that the NFL's rigged oh yeah well people argue that the NBA's rigged the MLB is rigged I mean everybody argues the shit's rigged because it's just so crazy how accurate Vegas and everything is with some of these predictions and whatnot but in terms of having Schefter and Robert Kraft involved um I think it's interesting to look at with guys like Schefter or people in his position because he he will have conflict of interest, of course. You know, he's going to be reporting on injuries and stuff that could have massive implications on some of these gambling lines. So do you think somebody in the world of sports journalism, because I mean, we, me and you, we graduated with degrees in journalism or I'm about to, so you did. Like, is this something that should be allowed? um it's it's tough it's tough yeah, it's a big gray probably area not i would say our boy chip would probably say no <laughs> our boy chip would probably say no yeah i see i've always been under the impression that if it's not influencing your coverage in any way if it's not affecting the things you say if you're not getting any inside information to make these bets that the public is not getting then i don't think there's any problems but I think if any of those things do start to happen, then it's a big, big, big problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, though. That's because, you know, I mean, I'm trying to go into sports journalism and I love sports gambling. So I don't want to just fucking stop just because I got a job, you know? Yeah, it'd be tough. Um, we'll probably see in the because gambling has really exploded in the past yeah you know, like year and a half year. yeah even just in the last year because now nfl network is having gambling lines put on their shows and stuff yep. and like when espn the monday or sunday morning countdown like does their picks um they do it with the spreads on there and they used to never do that yeah i love seeing that too it makes yeah. it's much more you know appealing too for the for the watcher or the viewer because I mean, I know it's a small population of who bets on sports, but, you know, it's nice for us to see that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's the future right now. Betting is, gambling is the future, so it'd be interesting to see if some of this is going to start getting cut off and how much of it affects sports. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I – I don't like uh, all the backfire Schefter's getting really, though. Like, just overall, I think this is different than, say, Schefter coming out with, like, Oh, use Coach Shefty for ten percent off at DraftKings. You know, like that's a lot different than him just having money set aside to invest in a company. Like he, he's just investing in the company right now. He's not really making any massive sports bets. That I mean, that we know of, of course. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I don't have like a huge problem with Shefter, but I would be worried about Kraft. Right. Uh, this weekend, outside of some football. We have some golf that is actually worth paying attention to for the first time since, um, what was that last major? I can't remember however long ago that was. A couple months. But we have the Ryder Cup, and I'm excited for the Ryder Cup. And what it is, we kind of glossed over it on Tuesday. Um, It's a match play tournament, uh, three days. It's U.S. versus Europe. On the first two days, it'll be a mixture of foursomes, which is 2v2 best ball, where they, a golfer and their partner uses the best ball that they both hit. And then there's four ball, which is each guy uses their own ball and then best ball, and they kind of tally up the, the matches. And then singles, which is 
one v one match play, which is on Sunday only. And uh, they ca- they tally up the scores for like each matchup, and that's like one point each. And then at the end of the and then if there's a tie, it goes to the previous winner, which would be Europe. Oh, that's annoying. If there's a tie, it goes to the previous winner. Yeah, I if I if it were up that's to me, stupid. I would say that because um, there's a bunch of team captains for each mm-hmm. team that are just like older golfers. Like Phil Mickelson's a Team USA captain, but the main captain I think is Stricker, Steve Stricker. Uh, I would say just just put out your best guy who's been who's been super hot, and then just do like a three hole match play type deal. That's interesting how it pans out. This is my I've always known about the Ryder Cup, but I've never really known how exactly it works and everything, and I've never really watched it. So this weekend, I definitely going to do my best to keep up with everything. So how exactly does it work with uh? With like the team roster, so they have to split up because I mean, Team USA has a bunch of guys, you know, Kwepka, yeah. Deshambo, Markawa, DJ. Like, couldn't we just uh, do they have to split them up per se into what they're going to be doing, or does oh, everybody compete in everything? Yeah, so it's it's always yeah, everybody competes in everything. I'm pretty sure, and then the captain decides who does what. Okay, and so they, the captains will decide the matchups and the pairings. I wonder what, like, historically, how how many uh, Ryder Europe Cups has, USA or Europe, Europe has won. Europe dominated. So how it used to work, since, like, they, they made this a common thing since 1999, um, Europe has definitely dominated. Yeah, it says, since the inception of the, v- the event in 1927, the United States have claimed the Cup 26 times. Yeah, but there's like there they've won nine of the yeah one. nine of the past twelve official yeah so nine of the past twelve yeah because it used to be just U.S. versus uh, Britain and then we were kicking their ass and then Britain extended it to Ireland because there's a couple of good golfers in Ireland and then we still kicked their ass and then they extended the invitation to all of Europe and USA was fine with that and now it's gotten pretty competitive. But it's it's super awesome. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun because match play is just always fun to watch. That's kind of cool though. It's literally just USA against the entirety of Europe. What does that say about America, baby? Yes, sir. Those were the best. Oh wait, we got a comment. Forgot to mention this comment about the Ryder Cup. We got it says I've done a bet with my best friend back in 2018 for the Ryder Cup, and of course I backed USA, so he won. And you'll never guess what my punishment was. I'm curious now. As to what your punishment was. Yeah, I'm not going to guess, but I'd, I'd like to know. <laughs> There's millions of things we could guess. So, TH, if you're still still watching, leave a comment with that yeah. punishment. No, t- Team USA looks like that. I mean, they've got a lot of heavy hitters. I recognize a lot more guys on their squad because it's 12 v 12. Mm-hmm. 12 guys on each team. Like we got, like you said, all the way through that list. Also, Justin Thomas, Spieth. Patrick Cantley, who's been on fire, he won back-to-back tournaments, including the FedEx Championship, to win a shit ton of money. And then with Team Europe, like they got John Rahm, who has also been on fire. He's the world number one. Uh, Roy McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, and Shane Lowry. And a lot of their other guys had two. I didn't really recognize as much, but I'm pretty sure that's because uh, Team Europe pulls a decent amount of guys from the European tour. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That makes so, sense. How do, so how do they decide the top 12? Because with USA in particular, I know for a fact they have more than 12 capable pro golfers. Um, uh, some of it is to be selected and like qualifications. <clears throat> a lot of that goes down at like the, the U S open or the PGA championship. They'll like how you did in the majors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, not the open because it's in Europe. So I don't know, just stuff like that. Any, it has to do with any event that's associated with like USA golf. I'm pretty sure. And then the captains decide from a pool of qualified golfers. Hmm. Interesting. I kind of like that. No, it's it's really cool. Like we're we're packed with some heavy hitters, and I was like, dude, there's no way that we lose. And then I looked at the how the history has gone, and Europe has been pretty favorable with been this pretty, match play stuff, which yeah. I don't get. But I mean, like we have a stacked roster right now, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and from then, what I know about golf, just reading the lists, it seems like USA should be the favorite. It should, but I think. The odds are pretty even right now. Um, I think the USA is like, I think they're both at like plus 130 or something like that. Nothing crazy. But uh, it's going to be in Wisconsin this year. So they'll kind of do it back and forth between somewhere in Europe and somewhere in America. Uh, Whistling Straits, Wisconsin. It's a pretty big golf course at 7,400 yards. And we're going to expect a lot of bombs this week because it's a pretty long course. And, uh, one of the things they did too is they cut down the rough to make it uh, less of a minimum impact for balls that go out of the rough because they really want to see guys take out the driver. Disco stick time. Mm-hmm. Disco stick. Hellacious seeds, as then, Phil Nicholson said. But yeah, and then another thing to look out for, so greens and regulation is probably going to be a key stat because pretty much every single hole has some type of hazard around it for this golf course. And um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Last time it was in <clears throat> in, a, in a major tour event, this golf course was back in 2015 for the PGA Championship. That was the one Jason Day won, but Spieth got second there. And a couple of other guys here got in the top 10. That are yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is this, uh, is this course used on the pro PGA Tour commonly? Yeah. So last time was like six years ago. Okay. So it's been but a it while. was for a major. Also, I double checked, and uh, the betting odds have USA at a minus two hundred favorites to win. Oh, so that's pretty heavy. Yeah, honestly, Europe might be worth a play. <laughs> yeah, with the way that they've done it. But man, yeah, because who had to be scared of, bro? Is John Rom? Like John Rom is the best fucking golfer on the planet right now, like hands down. You said he's ranked number one right now. He's ranked number one in the world, and for good reason. Didn't he, he was he was he the one that had a kid and then one right after it? There's nah, a golfer that recently had a kid and then had like a crazy performance after it. I think I can't remember. I, I gotta just, get my he knowledge. He was the up. guy who was winning on the la- very last day, and then he somehow tested positive for COVID and had to withdraw, and then won the um, U.S. Open like right after okay. that. Another interesting thing, too, with all this is going to be, uh, you know, we've talked about Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka. They're they're feud for so long, and now they're going from foes to teammates. So I wonder how that chemistry is going to pan out, you know? Yeah, that's been a big, like, talking point in the media is all is how these guys are, like, supposed to do it. They both remain adamant of saying, like, nah, like, 
it's not that big a deal. Like we're just going to compete. Like we're going to set it aside for the Ryder cup. Um, but Kepka also made headlines because he said that team sports wasn't in his DNA. And a lot of guys, um, a lot of older guys got mad at him saying like, you know, you shouldn't be here if you don't think you can compete like that. It's for the team, blah, 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 blah. And then he fucking <clears throat> bounced back and he was like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to compete. So like you can talk all the shit you want about Kepka. Um, and as much as he seems to not care, he really is a competitor. Yeah, I love Kepka, dude. I'm, yeah. This is a so, full hashtag Team Brooksy podcast. For sure. And uh, But no, so it's been kind of been crazy with that. It's been more of a distraction than anything, but nothing has really happened. It's just the media saying, well, what about these guys? They don't like each other. How are they going to do? It's like, shut the fuck up. Just dude, one it. day I want more than anything for just these guys to be teeing up, especially Bryce and DeChambeau, bro. Because I feel like if anybody's going to lose their cool, it's going to be DeChambeau. So one day, just he's teeing up at a PGA event. You know, he has some hecklers saying Brooksy, Brooksky in, in the back and whatever. I just want to see him snap. You know what I mean? Just lose his shit before he tees off and then just like turn and be like, shut the fuck. Like, I don't know, scream at the fans, get in the fans' face or something. If anybody does that, it's going to be DeChambeau. Nah, I want to see him paired up on a foursome. With uh, Kepska? Kepka and, and, and DeChambeau. DeChambeau. Yeah, I want to see them get paired up to where they have to use each other's best ball. I feel like they bring the best out of each other. Dude, actually, that's not a bad idea. They would be so pissed about having to use the other guy's ball, and they do their best to make get their best shot out there. They would That's win. a really good Damn. point. No matter how much shit-talking goes on, no matter how much of the rivalry is present, you're right. Yeah, they're just going to push each other to be better because they're going to want to use their ball every time. Every time. And just be like, fuck you, other guy. I bet there's going to be a lot. If that happens every single time, they're going to both shoot it. And then there's going to be like some sly whispered comment as they walk back. Like, oh, better look next time or something like, you know, just like subtle comments. Because I feel like that's what golf trash talk really is. Oh, for sure. But now I'm excited to watch it. It'll be Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So it's a three day event. I'm going to try to keep my keep an eye on it. Um, Not necessarily. It's hard to it's hard to commit to something like that during football season. But. Hopefully that there's a, a window on Saturday where there's like a time slot where I don't really care about a game to watch and get to watch some golf. Um, I will be watching all day on Friday. Sunday is going to be a little difficult, but yeah, it's football. The, the Cowboys don't play. So maybe I could just have red zone up on the big TV and then um, the Ryder cup on my iPad or something. Oh yeah. Cowboys Probably are Monday night football. Yeah. Cowboys are Monday night football. Yeah. Dude, this weekend's going to be, there's so much going on this weekend. I'm going to be, Watch, of course, college football all day Saturday. I'm going to try and fit in the Ryder Cup as much as I can. And also, too, I want to – this weekend is the Russian Grand Prix. So I want to try and watch an actual F1 race and see how that goes and see if maybe my fandom is just for a Netflix documentary or if I actually enjoy it. Because um, it's so sick watching yeah, the cars. It's so cool, yeah. I, I, Each time I watch it, dude, I'm like, fuck, I should have grown up to be a race car driver. I should have just completely foregone. Yeah. Well, the way they they grow up to become race car drivers is crazy. I mean, go karts. Yeah. Like, who would have thought, right? I, I didn't. I never knew how people got into F one. I knew that's how it was because my grandpa used to watch NASCAR, and that's what they would also grow up doing is on the go kart track. So it just kind of made sense. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> in every other aspect, though, F one and NASCAR are so different. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, sure. But I'm gonna be trying to watch that, and then of course Saturday night. 
Whew, we're gonna we're about to talk about this in a second. Saturday night, UFC 266 is absolutely insane. And then also shit. Sunday got the Ryder Cup, got the actual race of F1. You got what fucking, time is F1? It's at 7 a.m. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. The only the only reason I'm thinking about waking up is because Arsenal plays Tottenham, which is their biggest rival in the North London Derby at 10 a.m. So I'm gonna be up kind of early anyway. To yeah, watch the, that. the races only last like two hours, right? Yeah, usually about two hours. Because there's like a time limit. Yeah, so it's going to be sports from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep on Sunday. I can't fucking – I'm excited, dude. I'm looking forward for this weekend. But most importantly of anything I just mentioned is probably UFC 266. This card is absolutely fucking insane. We have – Kind of teased at it, hinted at it, previewed it a little bit in past episodes because this card has been on everybody's calendar for weeks, if not months. There are five main event fights that are completely worthy of having their own event themselves. In the main event, we got Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Brian Ortega for the uh, featherweight title. Yeah, sorry. We got Shevchenko taking on Lauren Murphy, and she's looking to become the first ever person to uh, put away Lauren Murphy or KO her, which I would not be surprised if Shevchenko does. Then next up, we have Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, the rematch after 17 years, which that is crazy in of itself. Then Curtis Blades is taking on Jarzinho Rosenstruck in the heavyweight. That should be electric. And then last but not least, Jessica Andrade is taking on Cynthia Calvillo. And even, dude, even the prelim has a few good fights. I mean, Marlon Morales is fighting. Uh, Dan Hooker is fighting. If you remember his uh, disappointing loss against Chandler, his last timeout. Dude, there's so much going on in this fight card. I can't even believe that this is all one event. It's insane. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to see some UFC back. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. Even though they've had events, there hasn't been a major one in a while. There hasn't it been a major like. one in a minute. It's hard to compete. It's going to be harder to compete with football for UFC. But, Definitely, uh, yeah. Now, this one, I don't really know too many of these names. I'm still more of a green UFC fan, but like, this seems like I know Shevchenko. It seems like a pretty quality card all the way through. Mm-hmm. There's no, for, to me, it looks like there's no like super marquee name. So casual. The biggest storyline probably in this fight card is, the, of course, going to be the main event, Volkanovsky and Ortega. So these guys have both, do you know um Dana White's UFC? contender series or whatever it's called I, i'm blanking on the actual name but it's kind of like a reality tv show type style where they have two coaches and they have teams of fighters oh it's ultimate it. fighter ultimate, ultimate fighter, fighter that's what it's yeah, called ultimate fighter yeah, yeah so volkanovsky and ortega were the coaches from this past season so they've been jawing it up with each other for months now and volkanovsky actually do you know you know max holloway right yeah so volkanovsky beat holloway twice in a row and that's how he is the featherweight title or champion. But a lot of UFC fans, myself included, believe that Holloway won those fights. Both of them were split decisions. I think Holloway won both of them, especially the first one. So his championship might be illegitimate. And this fight is really kind of going to be his chance to prove himself as somebody who can defend a belt. And whoever, no matter who wins, we better see Max Holloway as the next fighter in the featherweight championship. I don't care if Ortega wins. I don't care if Volkanovsky wins. 
part of me wants Volkanovsky to win just so that we can see like a, a part three of uh, Holloway and Volkanovsky because I, I see no shot that Max Holloway loses that one. Do you remember his um Holloway's fight, his most recent fight? He dominated Calvin Guitar and he uh, he was in the middle of the ring going like, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. I'm the best boxer. And then he like looked at Dana White and was telling him that shit. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the coldest moments in all of UFC. He's just mid-fight screaming, and then he stops screaming, jaws him, keeps screaming. Like, insane. Max Holloway deserves the next title fight in the featherweight division, so whoever comes out on top should be taking on uh, Holloway, too. And then Nick Diaz. I mean, I know you know the Diaz brothers, right? Of course. Yeah, you got to know the Diaz brothers. So Nick Diaz has not fought in six years, which is a very, very long hiatus for a UFC fighter so to see him coming back is one thing but to see him coming back against an old rival he fought Robbie Lawler back in 2004 when he was 20 years old just coming onto the scene of the UFC and Diaz won that fight but Robbie Lawler is probably had the all-around better career than Nick Diaz so this is going to be a good one and I think right now Robbie Lawler is probably better so yeah, I mean, what else we got? There's Dan Hooker. Like like I mentioned, he's a prelim fight. Oh, Even man. though he's on the prelim, it's still very relevant because he's lost his last two fights. Um, Dan Hooker's never been a, a marquee name in the UFC, never been a true sellout crowd type guy, but he's been consistent until he lost to Dustin Poirier, which, I mean, shit, you can't, you can't be upset about losing to Dustin Poirier. He's the champ. And then he lost to Michael Chandler, UFC newcomer, former one championship champion so two quality losses but the thing about this fight is if he wins he springs himself back into relevancy in a lightweight division if he loses it's probably done being ranked for the rest of his career to be honest so yeah the very yeah. very big swing fight for him it's probably a, a must win uh fight for him or yeah, you can't like slip a, three in a row or springboard fight for marlon moise yeah exactly so now that'll be that'll be definitely a good fight to watch out for. Is that the is that the final fight for the prelims? Um, there Moraes and Hooker aren't fighting each other. Hooker, I forget oh. who. They they have two separate fights, but oh, Hooker. No, yeah, I I wrote that in there wrong. But uh, Hooker, I forget who he's taking on. It's another newcomer type guy, okay. so Hooker should be favored to win. Mm-hmm. But again, if he loses, that's just going to be even more of a reason why he's going to fall off because he's losing to kind of a no-name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now that'll be exciting. I'll definitely watch the prelims. I don't know if I'll buy. I'll look for a stream, but I will probably won't buy this fight card. Yeah, streaming is probably the way to go. <clears throat> I, I Sometimes I get nervous like with really big cards like this because I will would not miss this card for the world. So like I don't know if I want to risk you know, buying a streaming service rather than going hard and, or I mean, at risk not buying it and just streaming it illegally rather than paying it and coughing up the money. Yeah. Sometimes they're kind of shitty. So yeah. And they cut out every now and then they'll cut out. And like with big fights too, like for McGregor, it was so hard. The first McGregor Poirier fight, it was so hard to find a stream because so many people were on one and this service would just like crash. Yeah, that, that is too. Like, usually it gets slower and slower as you get to the better and better fights because more yeah. people start watching too. Yeah. Yep. That's the downside about it. But 
another storyline in this uh, fight card, too. We talked about the men's fighters, but Shevchenko, you know, people say Valentina Shevchenko is one of the best female fighters of all time, but they're wrong. She is one of the best fighters of all time. Men or female doesn't fucking matter. Pound for pound, Shevchenko is a legend. And, you know, she's going for, I think, her sixth straight title defense, which is absurd. And she's going against Lauren Murphy, who's a really capable fighter. Um, this should be one of the better matchups for Shevchenko in a long time, considering Murphy has never been knocked out. But um, my question, though, is kind of, can anybody ever beat Shevchenko? <laughs> like, will anybody ever beat her in the flyweight division? Probably not. I, I really her, don't. Her and Nunez are just going to keep on dominating their divisions. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they're just both of them are in a completely different world. And they fought before and Nunez beat Shevchenko. So I think the only next step would be put those two together, move up a weight class, move down a weight class. I don't care what happens. Just make it happen. That would be the women's fight of the century. I mean, a rematch. Yeah, a rematch. Yeah, that would be crazy. Because Shevchenko's gotten significantly better since they first fought. Yeah, how long ago was it? I think it was in 2014. So like oh, seven yeah, years. Then that, then that needs to happen. Yeah, like it's. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Nah, they'll they'll Dana will make it happen. Dana will make it happen eventually because they're getting to the point where they don't. They're gonna start rematching opponents that they unanimously beat. You know what I mean? Like guys that they are yeah. girls that they beat in, in 20 seconds. They're going to be forced to rematch them because there's nobody else for them to fight in their division. Yeah, it gets pretty thin in the women's divisions. It does, yeah. Yeah, same thing with like the, the light guys. I mean, flyweight, after you go from Figueredo and Brandon Marino, there's really not many great flyweight contenders. Mm -hmm. But what else is there? That, that's really all the main, uh, main storylines for this card. I am so stoked, as you can probably tell, but I can't wait to watch this. I need to see Max Holloway in a championship fight soon. And this is the first step towards that. So lots going on UFC 266 this weekend. Um, I think that's all we got on it. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hit our favorite segment, fade or tail for this weekend's betting picks. Taylor fade. Oh shit. Fade or tail. God damn it. Taylor fade. I wrote fade or tail. Why did I write that? <laughs> it's taylor fade taylor fade okay everybody <laughs> i put it in our title last episode so i know oh, shit we gotta know it the right way too yeah the right way <laughs> all right so what is uh elijah's been keeping track of things so at this point in the season elijah what is our record right now so last week i went three and seven again um because i went three and two during college football and i was like all right that that's not bad and then I was like, let's hopefully get a big NFL Sunday. And I went 0 for 5 based so, off of your picks. Okay, so you're tracking them based off our fade tail decisions? Yeah. Okay, good. That's what I thought. Decisions. Yeah. And so you went, you had a really good week last week. You tailed a bunch. I'm going to add that. And you went 8 and 2. So right now we're sitting at 15 and 5 for you and 6 and 14 for me. Hey, there's so still honestly, plenty of time to turn it around. So there's a lot of consistency in this. If you're a listener, if Ryan, based off my picks, tail his tailing or fading of mine, and then tail my or fade my tailing <laughs> or fading of Ryan's. Because right now, if you did that, you would be sitting at a 29 and 11 record. If Shit, let's keep this me, going. 
and tailed Ryan. So tail Ryan's picks based off the mine. I also want to point out again that you <laughs> tailed me a lot last week and had a really good week because I, I did had a really good week for picks. Yeah, I I had and like you had eight tails. Week. You had a bad week for picks, and I <laughs> yeah. tailed you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I might fade you a lot more this week. So let's see. I don't know though. On my personal card, like what I ended, up, I ended up going like ten and three this weekend in college football. Is pretty pretty nice. Yeah, we'll All see. right, let's get into it. Let's start off with our college football picks for this weekend. My first one I'm going with is Notre Dame at Wisconsin. I'm taking the first half under of 24. I think it's going to be a slow start at Camp Randall. First half, so, oh, man. Kind of a tricky one to pick, but. That is a tricky one. I'm going to tail that. I just think Wisconsin's ground and pound. Notre Dame's offense has looked so disappointing so far. So I think that is a that, that's a, a sure one. All right. So next up, I have. I'm surprised that this line is only four and a half points, but I'm taking Texas A&M minus four and a half at Arkansas. I think the Razorbacks are still phonies in the SEC. They're still a bottom tier SEC team. They had a successful game against Texas, but other than that, I'm not buying in. Um, I'm going to fade. Okay. I actually like a or Arkansas plus four and a half because this could be their coming out party. If they actually are legit, um, this, this team is pretty good. They run the ball really effectively and they, that's their identity and they own up to that. And so this could also just be a game that turns out to be tight. Cause usually if you had a team that's so good at running the football, they produce tight games. I mean, you're right. If Arkansas was going to have any game to kind of come out and say, hey, we're legit, this is definitely that game. Um, Moving on now, another SEC team pick. I'm fading the SEC this time, though. I'm going with Boston College plus two at home against Missouri. Uh, I'm going to fade this one as well. All right. I like like Mizzou in this spot. Boston College is definitely not a very good ACC team. Neither is Mizzou. Yeah, that's true. They have gotten better. Uh, Mizzou isn't a very good SEC team, but if we're going to SEC versus ACC, we got to go SEC. All right, fair enough. Um, and then my next one, I usually hate, and I know you hate this too, I don't like these 20-point spreads, but I am big on Michigan this year. I really think the Wolverines are back, so give me Michigan minus 20.5 at home against Rutgers. So... How's Rutgers been? Rutgers might be back. I'm going to fade. They're better, but they're still not great. Like, they're better than their terrible 0-12 Rutgers that we all used to know and love, but still not great. I'm going to fade again. All right. Lots of fades right now. You burned me last week, dude. <laughs> I did. You tailed all my shit, and I fucked you. I, I, I went, like, 3-2 tail for both NCAA and NFL, and I just didn't do very good. So I'm gonna, I'm fading a little bit more. All right, and my last college football pick is going to be California plus seven and a half at Washington. They have a solid defense. Uh, Washington's looked like dog shit all season. I think they yeah, can play a close game. I'll tail this one. All right, bet, bet. Yeah, I think that that's a – I'm pretty confident on that one because Cal looked good yeah. against TCU. Yeah, and I think – I was thinking they looked yeah. good against us and Washington lost to Montana. Yeah, dog shit. And then they got blown, obliterated by Michigan too, so – all right, let's hear your college football picks. So up first, we got Notre Dame plus six and a half at Wisconsin. Oh, 
I think I'm going to... I'm going to tail it. I'm really against Notre Dame, but I also don't think that Wisconsin is legit this year. So I'm going to tail that one. Graham Mertz sucks ass. He Um, does. He's so bad. Even if Notre Dame doesn't pull it out, this is probably going to be a dogfight. Six and a half points is a lot of points. Yeah, it's going to be a close game no matter what. UCLA minus four and a half at Stanford. Hmm. That's tough. I'm going to go ahead and tail that one because UCLA lost uh, to Fresno State in an upset game. They're going to they're going to be pissed. They're going to want to bounce back. Chip Kelly doesn't want two losses, especially not a Pac-12 loss. So yeah, I'm going to tail that. Give me UCLA. And that's influenced my other bounce back game for picking Clemson minus nine and a half at NC State. I think I'm going to fade. You're going to fade. That's I'm going to fade. I'm very I, nervous about this pick, so that's that's completely acceptable. Yeah, I I am a fan of NC State at home. They tend to overperform. Um, and this Clemson offense has really been concerning. I, I mean, I, I will admit, I picked D, DJ Ugalele was one of my Heisman favorite picks, and he's looked pretty rough. So not buying into the Tigers. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. This is a very ner- – this is just like they have to come back at some point, right? But you're right. I mean, it's fucking Clemson. They, they've got to do so- – they're going to win the game, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Nine and a half is a lot, though. And then I got another nine and a half point favorite TCU versus SMU. I'm going with our boys. I think we're going to get a statement win against the ponies. Fucking tail, 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 and more tails, dude. Statement win that it couldn't have said it better myself. SMU has been talking all this mad shit about TCU being scared to play them and whatnot. Light a fire under the iron skillet, baby. Cook up the ponies. TCU's coming. Yes, sir. And then here we got my favorite pick of the weekend. West Virginia plus 17 and a half at OU. There's 17 and a half point underdogs? Yeah. Bro, tail that. I'm about to place that right now, bro. What? Yeah, get on that. There's no way. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with. My other ones I'm a little concerned about. Like I'm a little concerned about UCLA, um Clemson not covering and then maybe TCU not covering cuz it is a rivalry game. Yeah, that's um, the only thing I'm worried about. But I, I think we should have a big win, really. I think we should have a big win, too. So They, they would have lost Louisiana Tech last week if it wasn't for that crazy Hail Mary play. Did you see that, by the way? Yeah. Dude, that was insane. But nah, West Virginia plus 17.5 at OU. This is my by far my favorite pick out of the week. Um, so I like that a lot. I didn't even see that oh, one. Yeah, I really gotta, like that. You got to hit this if you're a gambler. OU has been struggling and at that, I kind of got nervous because I was like, wait, is OU at home? Is that why it's so big? I checked. OU is at home, but they've also been struggling at home. Yeah, that's where their rough games have been. Yeah. So, fucking hammer. This hammer is going to be their fourth home game in a row because they were supposed to play at Tulane, but it got moved to their stadium. Mm-hmm. So, they're going to have four home games in a row. That's not even fair. Anyway. Switching gears now from college football to the NFL. Here are the my top five picks for this weekend. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a bold risk going with some unders here. I'm going to start off with Washington football team at Buffalo Bills under 46. Fade. Interesting. Um, All right. Buffalo went under last week. They shut out their opponent. I don't think that's going to happen again. But hey, I don't think it's going to happen again either. But I think that Washington's defense is going to stop them a little bit. Washington defense hasn't looked very good. Uh, they did give up fucking 29 points to the 
what's it called? Or 29 Giants. points to the Giants. Yeah. Yep. It's true. All right. Well, next up, I'm taking Giants minus three versus the Falcons. I'm really not that confident in any of my NFL picks, but the Giants have got to win a damn game. And they're at home against the Falcons. I'm going to fade. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to fade. Falcons plus three. To. Yeah. They competed with the Bucks there for a minute. Well, I mean, they competed but lost by 23. All right. All right. Yeah, this one I'm really nervous about, bro. I I hate betting on the New York Jets, but a 10-point spread? I don't know. I think it's possible. I know Teddy Bridgewater, his nickname is Teddy Covers for a reason, but 10 points is a big spread. Jets need some sort of positive result. So I'm taking taking the Jets plus 10. Give me Teddy two gloves. I'm going to fade. Dude, lots of fades so far, bro. You you faded what is it? Like yeah, over half three. my pick. Yeah. Um, you faded, faded six out of my eight picks so far. Yep. All right. Next up, I'm taking I know you're going to tail this one. I already have a feeling. Green yeah. Bay plus 3 at San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going to tail. Yeah. I think Green Bay should be favored in that one. And then to finish off my card, I'm taking the Colts at Titans under 48. So Carson Wentz is going to be out, right? Correct. And I think the Titans are going to be running the ball a lot more because they'll have a comfortable lead. It's my philosophy, at least. I'm in a tail. All right. Got a couple tails there at the end. All right. Yeah. All right, let's hear your picks. Okay, so up first I got... Cleveland minus six and a half versus Chicago starting rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. I'm going to tell that one. Actually, I, I usually am not a fan of betting on the Browns, but I don't believe in Justin Fields right now. I think he'll be good in the long run, but right now, Oof. not so much. Rookie quarterback, Browns, Miles Garrett. Uh, all right. New England minus two and a half versus New Orleans. Old Jameis came back last week. Yeah, Jameis, old James we know is back. Did you see that fucking arm punt he threw? My God. No, wait, which one are you the talking interception about? interception that he had? Oh, okay, well, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to bet on Jameis Winston to throw an interception before the game started because I was like, he, he went one without an interception. No way he goes two without an interception. But I couldn't find the line. Um, but anyway, uh, New England minus two and a half. Um, are they home? Um, Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna tail that. I think a three point win isn't too. By crazy. the way, you burned me last week on your fucking San Jose State pick because I was gonna fade you, but then you're like, no, San Jose State versus Hawaii, and I was like, is Hawaii at home? And you're like, no, oh yeah, Hawaii. Hawaii was the home team. And so I was like, okay, I'll tail, and then I look at it and it says they're at home, and I was like, fuck, I was gonna fade if Hawaii was at home, and Hawaii fucking covered. Dude, I yeah, I fucked up on that one. I was pretty I thought San Jose State was the home team for some reason. I don't know why. I I lost a unit on that bet, so it is what it is. It is what My it bad. Is. <laughs> but yeah, you burned me on that. All right. Uh Las Vegas minus three and a half versus Miami. Jacoby Bichette's gonna be starting. See, I want to tail this one because it feels like the obvious pick, but I feel like that's what Vegas wants. You know what I mean? I don't know. True. Mm, I'm gonna fade. Actually, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna fade. I'm gonna take nah, the bold decision. This this is a this is definitely a trap game for sure. Raiders are riding high, facing a backup quarterback. 
this is where, I mean, Jacoby Bichette is coming in fully prepared, and he's not, like we've talked about before, he's not a terrible quarterback. So this could be a situation where fading me might be the right choice. But I'm going with mine. I'm riding with riding high with Las Vegas. But this is one of those games you could really go either way. Yeah, it does seem like a trap game. And then here's a game where I don't think you go either way. Seattle minus one and a half versus Minnesota. Minnesota's going to go one and three, oh and three. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tail that because I think Minnesota is probably a bit mentally defeated after their missed last second field goal against the Cardinals. They need a positive result, but Seattle's not the team to face whenever you need a win. So I'm going to tail that one. All right. And then here we have my favorite dog spread of the week. LA Chargers plus six and a half at Kansas City. Dude, I'm nervous, bro. I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm nervous on this one because I also really like this line, but I'm nervous to just fucking tail, 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 you know? Fuck it, tail it. I'm going to tail it. Worked, worked good for out for you last week. It did. You're right. It did work out well, so I'm going to tail it again. Haven't get my only dog of the week, which might be bad, um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty confident in that dog. I think that if anything, it's going to be a tight game. Um, I hope that that would be awesome if the Chargers won and gave Kansas City a one and two start. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Yeah, I think probably Kansas City will win, but it is going to be tight. I don't think they're. Co- I don't think they will cover. Yeah, honestly, I might also look into the first half spread because Kansas City tends to struggle in the first half and pull it out of their ass. You know. Dude, you might go first half money line. Yeah, honestly, for the Chargers. Or, or if you're feeling real frisky, um, do it where Chargers leading at half, losing full time. Yeah, a little bit juicier bet. Yeah, I did that with the Lions game, bro. Oh, I had the fucking Packers winning the first half and then Lions winning the game. Just oh, you did the... Yeah, switcheroo. But the payout was like $300 more for that than it was the other way around. Yeah, sometimes you just look at those juicy odds and you see like 10 to win, like $800. You're like, I want, I want it. Is there, oh, there's a chance. Lost, there's a chance. Like, it's a yeah. Screenshot it, send it to the group chat. Yeah, I got you. It was one of those picks. <laughs> but no, nah, uh, that'll do it for our uh, Taylor Fade segment for this week. A lot of, lot of good games, a lot of sports going on, not even just in the football world. Like we said, UFC this weekend, F1. Ryder Cup. So plenty of stuff for everybody to watch. Um, we'll be back again same time, or not same time actually, on Tuesday at 8 o'clock live. And uh, don't worry, this uh, audio-only recorded version will be up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as always. So before we go, just want to shout out one more time GTD Sports' brand new podcast, Hockey Down Here with Alex and Taylor. Make sure you guys go and check that out on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff, and we'll have it on our website, ASAP. So, that being said, thanks for listening.